I think you were an early adopter of keto before keto was even a thing. Uh, Cause one of my first memories of you was eating a bag of pork rinds and Ann Libra saying that is so bad for you. And you're saying I lost eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with the result. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put it st- I put it on back since. <laughs> well, well, well. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Paul Vato presents where my guest today is Jim McCaffrey, whom I have not seen in many, many years. But it's good to reconnect, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> How are you? How are you? It's been a I'm long good. Time. I'm good. Did you ever make it out to Vegas? Did we ever get to hang out in Vegas? Or has it been since the Chicago years? When's the last time we since, hung out? Since Chicago, yeah. I haven't been to Vegas in over like 22 years. Okay. So, yeah. Then I guess we did not hang out in Vegas. <laughs> No, unfortunately. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you taking time to uh, to do the show. And uh, as you can see, there are people in the audience. We do record it live. Uh, and you might there you go. You might hear applause. You might hear laughs. Hopefully, some laughs. We'll see. But you know, let's not. We don't have to. Start. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Um. So, where do we start? Chicago. How far back should we go? Uh, gosh, as far, as far back as you need to. Yeah. So Chicago. Yeah. Second city. Se- yeah. Second city. And, and you did uh, improv Olympic as well. Is it, where do we meet improv Olympic or second city or, uh, we met at second city. Uh, I think level two, maybe. I don't who was that? I was that it. Gelman, Michael Gelman or who was, who was our level no, two? I never had Gelman, unfortunately. Um, Oh no, he came it later. Was, it was, maybe. uh, Anne Libera? I think Anne, Li- Anne Libera. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because Kelly Leonard just accepted my, my request to do uh, an interview. I'm going to interview Kelly Leonard uh, in, a, in maybe a week or so. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm trying to reconnect with all the, you know, Second City folks and Chicago folks and improv folks. So I thank you for being one of those special guests, buddy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My, my, uh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say one of my, uh, uh, I, I think you were an early adopter of keto before keto was even a thing. Uh, cause one of my first memories of you was eating a bag of pork rinds and Ann Libra saying that is so bad for you. And you're saying I lost eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with the result. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put it. I put it on back since. But I remember I went because um, you know I, I owned a, an Oberweiss dairy. I don't know if you remember that, but I was in the ice cream business. I owned a Oberweiss dairy of Geneva, right, and if right, you remember right. Oberweiss dairy, how fattening it was, and that's why it was so delicious. Um, so w- when I bought it, I was two hundred pounds, and then when I finally ended up selling it in two thousand seven years later, I was three hundred pounds. I gained a hundred pounds. So somewhere along the way there, though, I, I went back down to like 230 pounds from doing keto because uh, I remember 
we did a show uh, in, in in Chicago, Salsation. You know, we're doing our touch. Yeah. We're developing Touched by an Anglo. Um, and, and I brought Rick Naheta out, who did like Latino logs. And he brought out Gabriel Iglesias. And I forget. Oh, and I think Horatio Sands happened to be visiting that weekend. You know, we're all big guys. And we and he and Ali Farnakian always wanted to go to this place called Wantitans. I don't know if you remember it. It was this Mexican restaurant in Chicago that everybody always wanted to go to, Wantitans. And, you know, they had, I think they had, you know, those burritos like as big as your head. And I remember going there and they were making fun of me because I ate my burrito, but I only ate the filling. I didn't eat the tortilla. And I was and I told Gabriel Iglesias, I was like, because he was very heavy even back then. And I was like, yeah, man, you, you know, you should try the keto diet. But I, I guess I blanked out the memory of just sitting around eating pork rinds in front in front of Ann Libera. You know, I, I tried keto, too, and I ate a lot of pork rinds when I did it, too. How was your journey? Did you lose, did you end up losing a lot of weight or? No, it's so hard to stay in ketosis. You know, you have uh, like a a crouton and you're out of it and you got to start all over again. So yeah, I'm I'm not doing Weight Watchers now. Are you? Okay. That's that's the diet I'm not doing. Oh, you're not? Because you've lost weight though, haven't you? Did you used to be? Yeah. How did you Uh, do that? Oh, Weight Watchers. Uh, I lost like 50 pounds, 50, 60 pounds, uh, put it on again, and uh, uh, lost uh, about 30 pounds since then. I'm staying pretty, uh, I'm in homeostasis. Oh, thank you. I'm in homeostasis, as they call it right now. I'd like to lose more, but. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, I then move into Vegas and, and living this lifestyle. Uh, my joke was I, was I was two pounds away from eating for free, you know, because we have this restaurant out here called the Heart Attack Grill, where uh, it's disgusting. If you weigh over 350 pounds, you eat for free. And uh, and uh, Derek Stevens, the, the the guy that owns the D Casino, he was like, Vato, you should just throw a couple rolls of quarters in your pocket. You can eat for free. And I was like, you know what? If I start eating for free right now, I'd probably be 500 pounds. So I got into yoga. My, my ex-wife got me into yoga. And I, I ended up dropping about 60 pounds, 65 pounds. Oh, so, wow. you know, I still have a long ways to go, but I'm still trying to, you know, do, do the yoga thing. And it's not just the exercise. It's it's the eating, you know. But if I do the yoga, then I'll eat better. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But that's so funny that you had that memory. I, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm going to have to bring that up to Kelly and thank his wife, Anne, for trying to save my life back then because <laughs> – she was probably like, what are you doing? Why are you just eating pure fat? <laughs> yeah. I'm in keto. I'm doing ketosis. I'm in, I'm doing the keto diet, the Atkins diet, or whatever I was doing back then. Yeah. So it's always been a battle. Um, did you grow up in Chicago, or, or where did you grow up, Jim? Uh, I grew up in a town. I grew up outside Champaign-Urbana uh, in this little farm town called St. Joseph, Illinois. Um, and... Uh, I like to joke that uh, my high school was so white, we bust in other white kids to go to it. <laughs> and, and that's true. They, it, it was one of those schools where they, they needed to bring in other kids from the other even smaller towns oh. <laughs> just to have the high school. But yeah, uh, little farm town. Uh, it was like 1900 when I grew up there. Um, it's since exploded to 4,000. Uh, which I think is smaller than some Chicago high schools. 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I went to a parochial school, so I went to a small school. Like uh, my graduating class was 160, 132, 162. I don't remember, but it was uh, it was probably closer to 132, something like that. But uh, what was your graduating class like, or how many kids in your high school? Uh, my graduating class was 95. Okay. All right. So yeah, somewhat, somewhat similar, but, uh, you know, I grew up in Aurora, which everyone knows is Wayne's world. Yeah. Um, and, and actually I went to school in Champaign-Urbana. I went to the university of Illinois, but so I remember all those little surrounding farm towns around, uh, around U of I with, with, with all the townies. <laughs> yeah, I was a townie. <laughs> Were you causing problems for the for the dumb <laughs> No, I was a nerd. Uh, <laughs> we hung out at. Uh, do you remember this arcade called Spaceport on Green Street? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, we 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 hung out there, and then uh, we went to Lock, Stock, and Bagel. And uh, let's see. I I think that was the first time I ever had a bagel, and I couldn't even process the pun. The lock, stock, and bagel. Like, I didn't get it. I didn't know it was food for Jewish people. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> it, but it was all, uh, like, all new to me. I don't think I'd ever even even had, like, I think it's the first time I ate maybe at Subway. Like, I, I, you know, we were very sheltered growing up. And, I mean, in a, in a way, it was good because my mom always cooked for us. You know, she was a stay-at-home mom. People are like, oh, did she work? But, yeah, she worked. She worked at home. She just didn't get paid for it. But it was a very traditional marriage, you know, where my dad went out and worked. Uh, and he actually worked like two eight-hour jobs for about 10 years. So I didn't really grow up with my dad. But uh, what, so for me, then going from this small parochial school, uh, then to going to the University of Illinois was just so overwhelming. Because, you know, you're used to being, you know, maybe one of the smarter kids in your class. And, you know, you're great at wrestling. And then you go down there and you are – Wait, you're starting over again and you're way at the bottom. And it was just like, oh my God, it was just so overwhelming. But then discovering things, even like Steak and Shake, uh, I think was down in Champaign Urbana. Yeah. But I got into comics back then also. Remember, was it Rocket Ship Ranch? Was, was that uh, a local comic book store there? Uh, I, I, it doesn't ring a bell, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> so how what was your journey like then to Chicago? How did you end up did you end up moving to Chicago to Man. study comedy or did you just move there for work Man. and then... uh well after uh college at Bradley University in Peoria um I uh took my theater degree and went to St. Louis for law school um and uh like I knew like in in the first month that I didn't want to be there but I let people talk to me, talk me into staying because everybody hates first year of law school. Uh, it's horrible. Um, so I did that. Uh, and then I, I just made it through the first year. Um, and, uh, and we, we, it was a mutual parting. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, then I went back to Champaign, worked in, uh, for this little publishing place. And then I moved to Chicago uh, in 93, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I know buddy. And, I know. Uh, and, uh, not long after, uh, started, signed up for classes at players workshop of the second city, which I thought was part of the second city. Um, but it wasn't, but it, it was still cool though. It was still fun. And that's when I started improv. 
Got it. Now, so did you ever do Improv Olympic then? Or yeah, I did. I tried it a couple times. Um, it didn't really. I, it wasn't really for me. For some reason, I, I don't know. I just didn't. Uh, um, I, I look back now on my time in Chicago, and I'm such an introverted person, and I'm such a solo type person. And so many people in improv seemed to be extroverted. And I, I just couldn't connect with anyone in, in the improv community, um, as great as the improv community is or mm -hmm. was back then. Um, but, you know, I tried a couple of times. So short answer, no. Okay. No. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I forgot every time I say improv Olympic or IO, uh, I had uh, Brandy uh, Stillwell on. And so she always says, rest in peace. You know, but it's actually <laughs> I.O. rest in peace. But you know what? It is back, though. It just they, they're starting back up. Rachel Mason is heading up there. I think they're doing everything online. But I mean, that's neither neither here nor there. But then so then how do we end up together on level two at Second City? Because this, this would have been later on, I, th I feel like 97 yeah. or 98. Then yeah, when something when like was, that. Yeah, um, I had I had uh, done improv with the free associates uh, mm -hmm. for a while. And that's how I got back into improv. And then uh, I determined, I was determined to audition again for the conservatory. I didn't make it the first time I auditioned and uh, this time got in and I'm glad I did. It was a, uh, it was one of those uh, things. It, it changed the trajectory of my life. Um, it really did because of the people I met and the things I did there. So yeah, very glad I did it. That's that's amazing. That's wonderful. So then did we continue or did we end up getting split up after level two? Did, did we do level three, level four, and then did we put up a I show? Think so. We I must think, have, well, right? I, I, uh, I actually didn't finish. Uh, I didn't do the show because I got cast in something. And um, yeah, I, I just, it, it, I chose to do something outside of the our class. And uh, got it. Uh, Kind of wish I'd done the show, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. You probably didn't miss anything. I mean, I. I. I'm so so long ago. I don't even remember. But I was gonna have uh, Yvonne Landry. I, I can't remember if she was with with us at Second City or Improv Olympic. But I'm. That's the other reason that I'm doing this show is also I'm trying to piece together hmm. what happened. Like like you know who was I friends with? Did we hang out? Did we go out for drinks? Because you know I would drive in from the city to do the classes and then to when we did our uh, touch by an Anglo show to do that, you know, so, uh, and, and then people re remember stories like you uh, and me, you know, eating pork rinds and it brings back memories. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, that's right. So, so thank you for, for being part of this kind of almost experiment that, you know, I'm trying oh, to sure. reconnect with everyone and, and piece together, you know, my journey from, from improviser then moving to LA in 2000, when did you end up making your move to Los Angeles? Uh, 2003. Uh, end of 2003. Wonderful. Okay. So it, it was around that same time. Uh, you mentioned a couple things uh, that brought back memories. And one of them was, was that you were studying law. And uh, do you know Rich Fulcher? Uh, who he actually moved to the UK and kind of became famous there. I know the name. Called I know the name. He, oh, oh! I know exactly who he is. He's brilliant. Yes, very droll. He's, he's been on the Mighty Boosh. He was he was a member of the Mighty Boosh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 
but he had a hit show. I think that's what got him well known uh, when he went to uh, to Scot- is it Scotland, where, where the Fringe Festival mm-hmm. to um, Edinburgh, yeah, Edinburgh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, he had a show called Mom, I'm Not a Lawyer because his parents for the longest time thought that he was a lawyer and he was practicing law, but the whole time he was just like studying comedy. I think he actually finished law school, went to law school, but then was not a lawyer, but he's got, you know, he had this very funny show, mom, I'm not a lawyer. And uh, I think that's what got him then on the mighty boosh. And that's why he like, um, I, I saw some YouTube shows and he's like famous in the UK, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rich Fulcher. So I, I hope to get him on here as well. And then, um, and then you also mentioned St. Louis and you mentioned um, now, did you ever meet Bill Cott either in St. Louis or in Chicago or when you worked on Wizards of Waverly Place? Cause you know, he was, I've, uh, I've met him socially and mm-hmm. uh, I get mistaken for him sometimes. You know what? Okay. I could see that. Yes. Yes. I, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, okay. I can see where people might say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was at this bar in North Hollywood uh, after IO closed down and uh, um, somebody had, I think it was Paul Valancourt who started improv, uh, some improv play. I'm, I've been out of the improv scene a while. Uh, an improv place in North Hollywood. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, a couple of guys walked into the bar, patted me on the back, said, "Hey, Bill." <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, uh, buy me some drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't. Bah, bastards. Uh, Paul Valancourt is actually on this platform. He and Keckner were were in the process of developing a show for Fireside, so hopefully they'll actually do that. But I think Keckner got busy with his tour, and I don't know what else is going on. So Paul's on this platform, and. Um, and I, I actually interviewed Bill Cott for Paul Vato Presents. So ah, it's a nice uh, great guy. Yeah, great guy. confused. But, does he live in L.A. or St. Louis? Or does he no, he, no he's in L.A. I mean, he, he came out of St. Louis, but then was in Chicago and then moved to L.A. with, uh, with the Dana Carvey show. Because yeah. when Dana Carvey did his show, and there's a great documentary, um, uh, something like too good to fail or something too funny like to fail. Yeah. Too funny to fail. That's exactly it. And uh, it's such a great documentary for those of you that, that love comedy and you know, what happened to that Dana Carvey show? Cause there was so much talent on there. Uh, I mean, wasn't like Steve, Stephen Colbert on there and you know, there was Burrell, yeah. Burrell, Colbert, all those guys out of the second city. So that, that's a great doc. Um, but but yeah, and then when did you did you transition into stand up, or were you always doing stand up? Because that's you know I got into improv by mistake. I wanted to do stand up, and I ended up going to the Improv Olympic by mistake because I was like, oh maybe I can learn how to do stand up here. And Sharna <laughs> was like, we don't teach stand up, we teach improv. <laughs> well, teach me what you teach, and and uh, and then I fell in love with it. You know, I saw that Armando show on a Monday night and just fell in love with it, and I feel like it was almost like that the golden age of improv with Kevin Dorff and yeah. uh, who else? Uh, Tellerico and all those guys, John Lutz. So, um, but I, so I still want to do stand up. So that's another thing that interests me is, you know, especially improvisers that either become stand ups or are also very proficient at stand up comedy. Uh, no, it was a conscious decision. Um, uh, I, I had wanted to do solo work. Um, and even like 
tooled around with some solo show ideas when I was in Chicago, but nothing ever came of it. Um, and then I just said, you know, what the hell, I'll try stand up and, and took a class. And, um, and it, it actually took a while for me to kind of catch the bug. I did it. I did a grad, I did a show and then eh, it was all right, but it didn't really do much for me. And then, um, the more I started to do it, the more I started to like it. And, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in it now. <laughs> I see that. I love it. And, and you seem to work a lot. Is it at Flappers in Burbank? Is that kind of uh, your yeah. Or... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, you kind of go through an audition process and uh, and then they put you in shows if you send your availability. And uh, you used to work for a beer, but uh, since the pandemic, you know, we don't get that anymore, sadly. That's <laughs> bad. <laughs> but, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm starting to branch out from Flappers. Wonderful. Well, if you ever if you ever want to come out to Vegas, you know I'm in Vegas, and uh, I'd love you know stand up town. It is. It it really is. And I'm friends with uh, Joaquin and Matt that own uh, L.A. Comedy Club. is It's in Vegas, but it's called the L.A. Comedy Club at the Stratosphere. And I had Butch Bradley on here as as an interview, and he uh, he's their their headliner. But you know I'd, I'd be more than happy to at least make the introduction. You know, no promises, but if you're ever out here, let me know, and and I'll at least. Uh, you know, we'll walk you, I'll walk you to the club and, and you can meet them and maybe something comes of it. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would love to go to Vegas again. I haven't been in like over 20 years. Oh my goodness. I, and who knows, because my record for Vegas uh, was, I think we came out 12 times in one year. This is, you know, when I was in LA and it was, it was always because, um, you know, maybe one, one month I came out twice I remember once was with Rich Tellerico because he was maybe directing or he had written a show with Martin Short. So he was working on that. So I came out with Rich while he worked. I just would hang out. So any excuse. And then, you know, with the Mad TV people, I, uh, you know, we, we did a few Vegas trips. So there was just that one year where where uh, I we kind of went Vegas crazy. We're all coming out. And we weren't like spending a ton of money. We didn't have a lot of money to spend, but it was always a good time. You know, funny thing about uh, Rich Tallarico, it's not really a story, but uh, uh, I, I went to a Flappers audition with him. He was there. And Brian Shortall, you remember him? Brian Short was, Shortall, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, he was in our class. They both auditioned uh, at Flappers. Uh, I don't know that they've ever that they ever did anything with it afterwards, but uh, they were there with me. Uh, oh, amazing. That, they were that, both funny. Is it all, oh, you know, they're improvisers. So it's, I'm curious to see how their standup is. But because I know Rich was doing standup for a while or, you know, at least giving it the old college try. Well, is, and is that what Flappers is? Is it mostly standup? Is it all standup comedy or do they do any improv there? Uh, it, it's all standup. Uh, depends on the show who's producing. Uh, I've seen the occasional improv act, but yeah, it's, I would say 99% standup. 99% standup. Yeah. And then, uh, so during the pandemic, were you doing a lot of uh, Zoom shows or did that come oh, yeah. out during and then after and all that? Uh, yeah, I did a lot of Zoom shows. Um, and it was ironic that um, in, at the end of 2019, I thought this is 2020 is going to be the year I, I really commit to stand up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I kind of did, um, you know, on Zoom. And uh, 
I, I don't know that I would. I, I go back and forth on Zoom. It's it's a it's a great way to uh, do stand up while not having to go anywhere, and uh, and there are people doing it from all over the world. It was really cool. Like I did a show. Some guy was in the Arctic Circle in Canada. What? And and, and, and people zooming in from Asia. It was really cool. It's it's really. Um, it was really an experience. Well, I could see it working on a platform like this as well, especially because you do have the feedback, whether they're applause or, you know, laughs and things like that. So I could see it working. Now, I also, somebody else that I interviewed were the, the founders of an app called, this was last year, uh, called A Live Show. Uh, one word, A Live Show. And they seem to have a great app that's geared towards stand-ups, and it kind of came out of the pandemic where they were home, but they wanted to do stand-up. And it's like this, but there's a timer. So you only have three minutes or whatever that, you know, you could set your own time. You know, everyone gets five minutes or everyone gets one minute, whatever. So I believe it's traditionally set at about three minutes, but, you know, then it, then it cuts off. So there's no, you know, going over, things like that. But you get to practice your stand-up like this, and uh, you get points based on applause and laughs. And then they, they, they also do workshops. So if you want to workshop some of your jokes or learn how to write jokes. So I'm, I'm kind of saying this for, for anyone that's maybe listening or in the audience and thinks they want to give stand-up a try, but do it from the comfort of their own home. I think it's it's a great app to to try or to have. Again, it's called a live show or DM me and I can get you a, a link for it. But uh, so I don't know if you heard of something like that, but it's, it's kind of like Zoom, but geared for stand-up comedy. Mm. Clubhouse was another thing that kind of took off in uh... – uh, during the pandemic, uh, I didn't do much with that. But I I certainly did. Uh, I certainly did with with Clubhouse. But like Leah Lamar, I don't know if you know who she is, but she yeah. found great success, and I think a lot of it was because of Clubhouse. Of Clubhouse, and then you know I think Dane Cook maybe took her on the road, uh, and he's back as well. You know I think he was also using Clubhouse and then Twitter Spaces, really to to do it again. And you know Dane Cook was uh, used social media at you know the turn of the century to really you know promote his shows and things like that. He was big time on MySpace and all that. Yeah. MySpace. Do you remember <laughs> your top, <laughs> what, six friends, eight friends? I don't remember, but. <laughs> there is another platform now named, and it's either Space Hay or Hay Space. I think it's Space Hay. And it, it'll, it'll trigger you because it's literally a knockoff of MySpace. And actually, Dane Cook told me about it. So I went on there. I signed up. And I literally then just – he's, I think, the only person I follow and everything I, – because I, I thought it was going to take off. And I don't think it ever did anything. So now people just think that I'm a creep that stalks Dane Cook. So everything – you know, what's your interest? Dane Cook, what's your favorite TV show? Anything Dane Cook's been on? What's your favorite movie? <laughs> Waiting, and I listed all his movies and all that. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's called. I think it's called Space Hay, or uh, again, DM me and I can send send you guys a link. But it's if you if you nostalgic for MySpace, the you know, if you need another time waster. Oh, I do, I do. I'm always looking for ways to waste time. <laughs> I'm, I'm very good at wasting time, but I can always improve my time wasting skills. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's why I'm the success that I am, Paul. 
<laughs> hey, if you can make it in L.A. and, and live in L.A., I, you know, you have to be pretty successful, I think. Um, speaking of success, what are some of your some of your victories? What are some of the shows uh, that you've that you've been on? If you'd like to talk about those and uh, or if you're working on any projects, maybe you can share them with us. Uh, sure. Well, you had mentioned Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, I was, uh, let's see, I, I did have one appearance on that. I was, what was, what was the fucking part? Um, sorry for the F-bomb. That's okay. Uh, uh, All adults here. What was the fucking part on that? It was, uh, I was in the Waverly Place Merchants Association or something, uh, handing, um, Oh my God! I'm like you were a merchant, I think. I, th I think I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was because the the guy had a, a an award winning milkshake. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was fun. I, I remember the director, this big guy with muscles and tattoos, said, uh, "We have to release a, a minor in half an hour, so have fun. Good luck. This is the <laughs> end of the day. <laughs> no <Wow>. fuck ups. <laughs> no crash. Um, so yeah, that was." Um, um, that was one thing. Um, I, I first, I had to join SAG because of this, uh, show. I think it just had not even a season, half a season called carpoolers that was produced by a couple of kids in the hall. Um, I don't remember which one it was the short one. Um, Bruce McCulloch, I think. Yes. So, yeah. 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 Um, and I don't remember who was in it. Well, I, the guy from, Stand by me, who was chubby in that movie and is now skinny. I'm bad with names. Yes, I, yes, as am I. Uh, maybe somebody in the audience can can throw it throw it in the comments. Um, yes, um, yeah. I, I can picture his face. J Jerry? No, Jerry O'Connell or something like that. Something I think Irish. Something Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. Uh, uh, let's see, you know, did a couple of episodes of uh, the Thundermans. Uh, that was fun. Um, that that would be a great gig to be a parent on a Nickelodeon or Disney show, because that's like a nine to five gig. Um, no one really cares about you too much. <laughs> um, and then you just get to have fun. Um, there was a big improv guy on that who who's the, the father the dad of Thundermans. And again, I'm blanking on his name. He's a guy a lot of people know. Um, uh, but lately, my last thing was um, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Um, I play a 1950s sheriff who makes a gruesome discovery. Uh, that'll be on Netflix, I think, sometime in summer. Shot that about a year ago. Wow. Okay. And it, but it's hitting Netflix pretty soon then. Should be, should be. Mm -hmm. I haven't really seen anything about it, but um, sometime this year, that's when it's supposed to stream. Wonderful. Wonderful. And what about your standup? When can people come out and, and see you or how can they support you either on social audio or social media? Jerry well, McConnell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Mc McConnell. Jerry McConnell. I think so. Or is it Jerry O'Connell? Jerry McConnell. I don't know. There's an O'Connell who was in the Batman movies. He was Robin. Someone is saying Jerry McConnell. David Gutierrez said Jerry McConnell. So that's probably right. I'm probably right. <laughs> uh, what was your question? I'm sorry. I forget. Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> stand up. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jim McCaffrey. Um, I, my, uh, my photo is me doing, doing this. That's, uh, um, I was in Hollywood. Um, I was the man preventing an African-American actress from going into the Oscars back in the forties. Um, so, so, so I, that's starting to be my niche. Um, the man, me versus black women. Well, if you're going to fight someone, I, I always feel like it should be kids or women because, you know, you can always win. So I, you should. I, I, would well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't win. I, I didn't win. You didn't win. Okay. No. And, and that was good. My book <laughs> yeah. is lost. And that was good. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, I'll be doing um, a show called Lincoln Laughs. Um, I'll put something about that up on Instagram in July, on July 21st. And I'll be doing a show at the Good Night in Burbank. Again, I'll put something up on Instagram. That'll be July 17th. It's a fundraiser for a women's shelter. So it's a lot of female stand-ups and me. So it'll be a fun time. Wonderful. That's that's, that's time. Yeah. Yes, everyone. Let's give uh, let's give Jim a round of applause and thank you so much for, for being on the platform. And yes, 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 yes. Thank you. <laughs> Bravo! Cool. I didn't. I had never heard of Fireside until this. I we would love to have you come on and and uh, you know as you saw there's kind of a, a process to get on. Uh, you know you have the VIP link so you're, you're able to kind of skirt all that. But uh, if you want to apply to be a content creator so you can host your own shows, I think it's a great way to host you know podcasts and things like that because it's it's saved on here and then I can always download it and then re-upload it as a podcast. With video and everything. So if it's something that interests you, by all means, Jim, we'd love to have you on the platform. Yeah, Keckner's on here. Paul Valancourt's on here. Um, uh, you know, there are several. Jay Leno's done a show on here. He hasn't been back since, but, you know, maybe he'll be back. <laughs> I'm sure he will. What's your What's your stand-up like? I, I, I'm not asking you to do your stand-up, but uh, what's, what's uh, do you have... Uh, either a topic or, or what do you normally cover? What are, what are you known for in the stand-up uh, world? Let's see. Well, uh, my current uh, five is uh, me talking about how cheap my dad was. Um, and uh, he was one of the cheapest people I ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always working on, on other stuff, but um, that's the current, that's my current type five. That's uh, your type five. Right now, what was right was right it because of, of the time that he was, maybe being raised was, was he like from the depression or is it just his yeah, background he was actually from the depression. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was always an asshole about stuff like that with me. Like uh, I remember one time we ate out and I didn't want to finish my fish because I didn't like it. It was dry. It sucked. And uh, he said, finish your fish. I paid for that, but I, I don't like it. It's dry. And then my nephew does the same fucking thing. And, and I said, Hey dad, he didn't finish his fish. No, that's okay. I, I, I blew, <laughs> blew my top off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. My father was so cheap with us, but then so generous with other people. You're like, what are you, yeah. what are you doing? What are you like? Come on. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> and he was always good at finding deals. 
this it was amazing like the house i grew up in was built by high school students really <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that, that, that's in the act um, but it was literally built by high school students is your father still with us are your parents still no no he died uh he died a long time ago mm, sorry. um oh, thanks um but yeah i, I and I was in my 40s when I found that out. I guess I kind of aged myself. But um, yeah, I was, it, it wasn't like I grew up knowing that it was built by uh, my sister's contemporaries. Um, but <laughs> Why was that? Just because it was cheap labor type of a thing? or I, I imagine, yeah, cheap labor. Um, it was their uh, senior class project. To build a wow. house that some sucker would buy. You did grow up like in a farm town, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I fortunately, I didn't live on a farm. We were not farming people. Um, I did spend a little time detasseling corn. Do you know what that is? Aurora is almost rural, right? Or was? It, it used to be. I thought you were asking me because I'm Mexican. But, no, Aurora... <laughs> Aurora uh, that's funny. No, uh, I I know what detasseling corn is because I believe that my mother and and her mother, my grandmother, you know, they they were uh, they worked on farms, and I do remember that they told me that they have to wear like bonnets because if you're walking, the corn stalks would you know maybe hit you in the face, and they were like razor sharp almost. So I would imagine the detasseling is taking off the. The tassel, <laughs> right, right, for uh, cross pollination. That's all I know. Interesting, but you actually did that for how? How long did you last doing that? Uh, it was a month, uh, and then uh, I had to go to the hospital <laughs> because of uh, evidently I was allergic to pollen. Didn't know that uh, until then. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a sh it's a shitty job. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if that's a real it's a job anymore because of uh, like DNA Automation. splicing and whatnot. But, oh, interesting. Yeah, that that, yeah, that, that might not be. Who, who knows? Or it's all done with machinery now, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, any, I, I don't know anything about the, the, you know, like my poor father. My joke was he was a, he was a famous boxer. You know, he used to box, uh, he used to box tomatoes. Mushroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? Maybe I will give my hand at stand up. As you can see, I'm very good at it. Yeah. So, probably uh, would be good at it. Just write some yeah. stuff. Just write some jokes. Just write some jokes. Just write some jokes. Everyone already thinks that I do stand up, so uh, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. Uh, and I mean, I, I love the art form. I think it's such, it's, uh, it's its own art form. It, you know, it's not improv. It's not, you know, yeah. it's its own beast. And kudos to people that do it. One of the things I, I had, my big adjustment was, because um, I've been an actor most of my life, and going from presentate kind of a presentational uh, approach to it to a conversational approach to it. Because um, sometimes if... I, I've noticed um, what a lot of actors who do who are new to stand up do. It's almost like we're doing a theater monologue uh, instead of like a conversation. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. 
look, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a big, that was a huge adjustment. And, uh, well, and, and I think that's what maybe fools people or tricks people. Cause they're just like, you're just up there talking, but no, I mean, you, you know, it, it takes effort. It takes talent to be able to be up there and make it sound like you're just having this conversation when you've actually really crafted it perfectly or beautifully. And, you know, could, could the concession of, of words and making things tighter and moving words around. But, you know, when, when you make it seem flawless, people just think like, oh, anyone can do that. Look how easy. Right, right. You know? and, but I, I tell you, I've, I've used my improv background a lot in stand-up. Um, definitely. I, I view the audience now as uh, my improv partner in a way. Oh, brilliant. You, you play off of them. And yeah. it, you know, I've, I've always maintained that it's a lot easier for an improviser to become a stand-up comedian than vice versa because uh, it's, I've seen stand-ups try to do improv and, and it, it doesn't quite work. So, uh, Yeah, it's definitely a mindset shift for sure. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. Oh, uh, a little piece of trivia. Dave Foley is five foot eight. Could he be the kid in the hall in question? That was from a while ago. Oh, no. It was, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, it was Bruce McCulloch who was the producer of sense. Carpoolers. I don't know Carpool. if Dave Foley had anything to do with it or not. I, it might have been Bruce McCulloch and one other kid, uh, but I definitely Bruce McCulloch for sure. I'm, I'm you, guessing. you can go on IMDb. Sure. Look it up. It's sure. there. Uh, have you credit. seen that they have a new, uh, a new Kids in the Hall? Uh, uh, yeah, and they show Wang. <laughs> Apparently, show that's Wang. all they do is show Wang. Like, what's? Yeah, somebody w- warned me about it. <laughs> somebody... Old men showing Wang. <laughs> it's like they they needed an excuse for them to show Wang <laughs> and, and bounce their Wangs up and down. That was like, I think that was in the very first episode. <laughs> I believe so because somebody said like in the first five minutes that's it's all it's all Wang. So yeah. So, all right, now I definitely have to go watch it. I guess <laughs> it's really good. I liked it. Wonderful. I, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to go check it out. But uh, I did. Uh, we did interview. Um, you know, I do a radio show sometimes when I'm in LA, and uh, called the Pocho Hour of Power. Now we just do it. You know, over over uh, the phone or, or call in. And uh, we had Dave Foley on. So I've met Dave a few times and uh, just such a nice guy and brilliant guy. So I would love to meet any of them. I didn't have met yeah. any of them. I'm yeah, envious yeah. of you. So you're like Mr. You're like Mr. Showbiz. You know everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's happened. Sometimes I, I hear myself talking and I'm like, wow, it just sounds like, you know, either name dropping, but I really know these people and, you know, same with the different things that I've done from owning uh, I, to, uh, uh, to, to being an actor and then owning a cigar company. And, you know, sometimes I, I just have to stop myself and not tell everything because I'm like, now it's, you know, having a drink named after me at Velvet Margarita Cantina. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody wants to know if the kids in the hall are cut or uncut. Uh, yeah, they're they're cut. They're cut. <laughs> You, you get to see, it. yeah. You get to see, yeah. Wonderful. You guys have to go look for yourselves. We're not going to do all that detective work, dick detective no. work for you. No, I'm not um, gonna cut. 
Uncut. Uncut. That looks that looks cut. No, uncut. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Doing my object work. Well, uh, Jim, thank you so much for clicking. <laughs> Do you uh, have any final thoughts? I like to always end with final thoughts or final words and anything that you'd like to promote or, or you know, besides, of course, your social media, uh, things like that. But do you have any final thoughts for, for our audience or final words that you'd like to share with them? Um, I would just, uh, final thoughts. Um, don't make fun of bald men. That, that's my only thing i like that i know it's a lot i love it i love it well folks you heard it straight from mr jim mccaffrey my old friend from chicago whom i went through second city with uh we've connected thank you guys so much for spending some time with us and being here in in your afternoon or evening depending what part of the country you're at uh, and of course um so thank you thank you thank you thank you guys and uh, if you could Please uh, go to paulvato.com and then follow uh, the, the podcast, Paul Vato Presents. If I could ask you a personal favor to go to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give it uh, a like, a follow, maybe a review, if it's good. If you don't like it, then don't, you know, don't tell anyone. If you like it, tell everybody. <laughs> so thank you, folks. Thank you so much for being here. And Jim, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you. It's cool. It was good All reconnecting. Right. Yes, sir. Good reconnecting. And I hope we can do this again. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Everybody take care. Thank you so much.